Welcome to another inspirational message from Dave Coop, Senior Pastor of Coastal Church in Vancouver, Canada. This morning we're talking about getting rhythm, and uh, hopefully this month as we go through this, we're going to get more in sync with God. That's the big idea, get in sync with God. Life was meant to be a life of rhythm with our Lord. This morning, that's what we hope you get, you get some rhythm, and especially if you have the blues to get rhythm. Actually, it's a pretty good statement, get rhythm if you have the blues, because in rhythm, it's a good antidote for the blues. Canadians have the blues. I don't know if you know that, but from 1994 to 2004, the number of people that went to the doctor to, and were given a diagnosis of being depressed doubled from 1994 to 2004. The next census Stats Canada will do will be in 2014. Let's hope it doesn't double again. But as a whole, Canadians are wrestling with the blues. Another stat by Stats Canada was that one out of five working Canadian women goes through clinical depression. That's a lot. That's 20%. You know, we got pills for everything. We got anti-anxiety pills. We got depressant pills. We have Viagra. We got all kinds of stuff out there that's supposed to help us deal with stress in our life. And, uh, you know, we're not slamming any of the medication because there's certainly times where it's needed. I just think that God has an antidote for it. And I think part of it is that our lives get so busy, we get going so fast, we get so wrapped up in stuff that we get out of sync with God. God's the God of rhythm. He's the author of rhythm. Matter of fact, God invented time. That was his idea. Rhythm is his idea. If you look through the scriptures, for the most part, you just see rhythm. You see a flow. Today we're going to look at rhythm. If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis. We'll start there. It's a good place to start in the beginning. Uh, Genesis. That's how we know baseball was in the Bible. <laughs> Doug shaking his head. <laughs> in the beginning. We know it was in the Bible. <laughs> so for all you sports fans, you know, we know that tennis was in the Bible because Joseph served in Pharaoh's court. Yeah. <laughs> See, Doug, some, of these haven't heard, some people haven't heard this stuff, so... This is, this is, we get this in Bible school. This is, you, you have to know this stuff. This is, this is a Bible-believing church, all right? So we, 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 we believe the Bible. Tennis, motorbikes are in the Bible. You know that, right? Motorbikes are biblical. Because the Bible says that David's triumph could be heard throughout the land. So we know that, <laughs> they didn't have Harleys yet, but they had triumph. So we know that. Golf was in the Bible. Paul finished the course, so we know that that was in the Bible. <laughs> Anyhow, enough of that. Genesis. Genesis. I have one verse 14 in your notes, but we're going to start actually in verse number 11. So if you have your Bible, start in verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And so it was so, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. What is this? This is rhythm. This is planting, harvesting. Seed in the fruit goes in the ground, more trees, more fruit. That's rhythm, right? This is just simple seasons of life. Then, reading on, verse 13... 
So the evening and the morning were the third day, and God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for the days and years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. This is rhythm, right? Cycles. Morning, night, days, years, tide coming in and out because of the moon, planets circling the stars, our planet circling the sun, and so forth. Verse 16, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. This is from our planet's perspective. He made the stars also. Who's writing this? Moses. When's he writing it? A long time ago. It's significant. You know why this, this little verse right here, verse 16, used to be a very, very controversial verse. Not controversial anymore, but it used to be. Why? Because they would get up and they'd say, the sun is in the sky and the sun is about that big. Then the harvest moon came up and they'd say, oh, the moon is this big. I think the Bible's wrong. I think the moon is bigger than the sun because we can see it. Look, it's bigger than the sun. But guess what? There were some believers that said, I don't care what you think. My Bible says that the sun is bigger than the moon and I choose to believe the Bible. And they were really, there was a big deal about it. Of course, now we go, hello, of course the sun is bigger than the moon. But how did Moses know that? He didn't have your perspective. He didn't, couldn't Google it. He couldn't, he didn't have, you know, Google Earth on his, on his iPhone. He, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's a footnote to the message. It doesn't have much to do about rhythm, but at any rate, I like to throw it in where I can. I think the Bible's inspired. God's got a rhythm. Our lives are more abundant. We can enjoy life better. I think if we get in harmony, get in sync with him. A number of months ago, I was doing my devotions, and one phrase stood out to me. It was a phrase about how our lives need to be in rhythm in doing our devotions. Instead of struggling and trying to slot God into a little time in our day, why don't we just get into a rhythm of doing life with God? And it stood out to me, and I began to study more about rhythm I'm still on a learning curve, and I invite you to come with me this month as we talk about it and think about it and discover rhythm. We were designed for rhythm. We were created in his image. And if God, who created the world, created rhythm, created us, then it makes sense that we are created in his image to have a flow, to have rhythm in our life. We might not all have musical rhythm, but I think we could all live in rhythm with him. Now, for music, if you took rhythm out of music, would you have music? wouldn't be very good music. If you took rhythm out of your life, you could have life, but it wouldn't be very good life. And a lot of us, especially urbanites, we struggle through life because we don't understand rhythm. Farmers get rhythm because they live in it. Those that are rural, they understand rhythm. They understand the cycles and the seasons of life perhaps better than we do because we often, we just work full blast Seasons come and go. We really don't even notice it. But a farmer, you really notice the seasons. If you're a farmer and you, right about now, if you would travel out to the prairies, the farmers are seeding. They're really busy getting seed ready. They've got their bin that has special seed in it. They, they get the seed prepared. It goes into a seeder. They're out on the fields. They're up early, working late, putting a lot of hours in, getting the seed in the ground. But three months ago, guess what they were doing? They were kind of laying back. The soil was resting. They were resting. 
They weren't sweating the fact that they weren't doing as much as they normally do. They're just kind of enjoying that season. Some of them go down to Florida or fly south or some are just uh, doing hobby work or whatnot, but they're not working like they are at seed time. But they're not anxious about it. They're just, that's the way it is. The seed time is coming, and when that time comes, we know we've got to work 18-hour days. We know we've got to put a lot of time in, and we have to be really focused for a season. But that's okay, because after seed time, there's going to become another little lull, and then it'll come harvest. We'll work really hard again. So the farmer gets that. They know there's this cycle of life. For urbanites, sometimes a little more challenging, because we just are so entrenched with the world around us that we forget God created the world to work on rhythm. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. We're supposed to be uh, enjoying life, not worrying, in flow with God. So it's just my hunch that I think we need to get in rhythm more with God. I am the vine, you're the branch. Get in sync with me and see how your life can have a flow to it. The root word for rhythm comes from a Latin word which means to flow. There's a flow in our life. There's a flow in your life. You go through seasons in your life. Everywhere you look around you is rhythm. Just think about it. Your heartbeat is rhythm, right? You're getting nervous if your heartbeat is flatlined, right? But you want to see rhythm in your heartbeat. Now, your heartbeat also has certain boundaries. You don't want it too high or too low. It kind of, it beats within a boundary. In your life has boundaries. Rhythm has boundaries. The tide coming in and out has a boundary. We, we have boundaries in our life. Rhythm works because there are boundaries. You have a purpose. You have a mission in your life. That's, that forms your boundaries. Birds, take a look at the birds. They, they migrate. They, if you go to Stanley Park and you just watch the birds, you'll find that they make nests. They, they live in rhythm with their creation. Uh, God created time. He created night and day. He created the week. The week was his idea. And in the week, isn't there rhythm in the week? You say, thank God it's Friday, right? Because <laughs> you know the work we came. Urbanites, we get that one. We're glad Friday's came. And then Sunday, he said, take a day of rest. The Sabbath is our day of rest. What is that? That's rhythm. God designed us that we need to one day a week or one week, one day out of the week, we need to just lay back, rest, rest in him, and just, okay, rest. And not be thinking, oh, man, tomorrow i got to do this and tomorrow i got to do that and... No, it's okay. Just rest on Sunday. That's rhythm. Right now, you're in church, in case you didn't know. <laughs> we're, we're in church. We're sitting here. You know what rhythm is? Rhythm is, I'm just going to enjoy this. Don't make out your to-do list for tomorrow. Uh, I've heard this point already before. I know where he's going with this. And so let me think quickly here. I'm going to quickly go over to work. Oh, I got to, let me just get on my phone. I'm just pretend that I'm looking at my notes, but I'll quickly text this little message over there. No, he's going to notice. Okay. Rhythm is just, no, I'm just here. I came to church. I got ready for church. I'm just going to be here in the now. Rhythm lives in the now. I'm going to enjoy today. 
I'm going to enjoy my Sunday. I'm in rhythm. Rhythm is not balance. There's a difference between balance and rhythm. We hear a lot about balance today. Balance, I think there's a lot of good to be said about balance. And when balance is talked about, actually, a lot of times I think they're referring to rhythm more than they are to balance. Because balance is static. You ever see these guys on their bikes that deliver the couriers? I think they're some of the best bike riders in the city. You got, I mean, you've got to watch out for them because they can zip through traffic like nobody else. But they'll come to a stoplight. I don't know how they do it. But they can stay standing on their bike. And they kind of move their pedals back and forth. And they can just stay balanced and stay at one place. I can't do that. But you've got to be a pretty good bike rider to do that, I think. For me, I'm balanced when I'm in motion. Then I'm balanced. But I need that rhythm, my tires turning, my pedals turning, to have balance. I think most of us are balanced when there's rhythm in our life, not static. Remember when you were in chemistry and you had to weigh out a certain chemical and you put it on this little scale? Now they have electronic scales, but in the old days you had to put these little brass weights on the scale. Over here you've got your compound you're weighing, and then you take these little brass weights and you put it on there. Oh, not enough, a little bit more. And, you know, 10 minutes later, you got that thing balanced. Finally got it there. And then how long is it there? Just for that, then it's gone. It was static. It was just for that moment. Then it's over. There's all this talk about living a balanced life, having a balanced diet, having balanced my work with my career, or work and career, the same thing, balanced my family life, balanced my recreation time. And to balance, you have to hold it all at the same time. Right? You've got to juggle all the balls. You have to have all in the air. And you, you juggle, trying to keep it all balanced at the same time. Balance is difficult to achieve at the best of times. And when you do get it all balanced, it's usually static. It's for equilibrium, happens for a moment of time, but time doesn't stand still. Rhythm, on the other hand, has a flow to it. Today, I'm in a different season than obviously there was 20 years ago. Today's a new season, and my life, if I try to balance things today like I did before, it would never work. I think God wants us to enjoy, live flat out in every season that we're in, and enjoy it. There is an abundant life, but a lot of it has to do being in sync with God. Here's a couple of points how balance differs from rhythm. Balance is a photograph. Rhythm is video. Balance is static. Rhythm is dynamic. Balance is a seesaw. Rhythm is a swing. Remember the old seesaws used to get on there? Your friend was on that side, you're on this side, and you try to balance in the middle. It took you a long time to get balanced, right? Oh, move up, move back, move up. And when you did get balanced, how long were you balanced? Not very long, and then it changed your game. Where rhythm was going back and forth, up and down, and enjoying the seesaw. Balance is artificial. Rhythm is organic. Balance is control. Rhythm is to embrace. Balance is a reservoir. Rhythm is a river. So there's a difference between balance and rhythm. I'm not saying balance is all wrong. I just think a lot of times our focus should be more on rhythm than it is on balance. If you look through the scriptures... I think you find a lot more about rhythm. Even the way Jesus lived was a lot more about rhythm. He went away with his disciples. He said, hey, let's get away. Let's leave everything and get away. 
and they came back, worked hard, and they got away. For some of us, maybe it's not that way for you, but for me, when I go on holidays, I find it really hard to be on holidays. Because uh, I like to bring my, my laptop with me. I like to bring my phone with me. And uh, my kids will say, Dad, put away. No laptop, no phone. No, 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 you can't do it. Because it's so easy for me to want to just stay. I've got to balance this out because when I come back, it's going to be out of balance. I've got to make sure I get it. Instead of just saying, no, I'm on holidays. I don't have to feel guilty for being on holidays. It's okay to take a rest. I don't have to feel guilty for not working on Sunday. God gives you permission not to work on Sunday. Somebody said, well, can I if I want to? Well, you can if you want to. God's just saying, I'm just telling you that if you don't work on Sunday, if you take a rest, I'm really going to bless you. I'll take the day off. Thanks, God. But oh, but I want to work every day. Well, work every day. God just say, if you get in my rhythm, you don't have to work every day. You get to have a day off once a week. You know, the week is seven days. God's idea, right? Rhythm. You know, the Russians, for a while, they decided to make it a 10-day week. They said, who's this God anyhow that says the week has to be seven days? We want a 10-day week. So they changed the calendar, made it a 10-day week. It didn't work. They said, I guess we've got to go back to the seven-day week. Pretty well universal people know there's a cycle. Seven-day week, month cycles, season cycles. God gives us these cycles. To enjoy life, we have to understand and harmonize our lives with God's created rhythms. That's your second point there. 1 Chronicles 12, 32, talking about David's men. And the children of Ishakar, who were 200 chiefs. Now, look at this verse real closely. Men who had expert knowledge of the times. We got a lot of knowledge in our world today. You know, you know how to run your applications on your phone. You know how to run your program. You know how to do this. You know how to do that. But let me ask you this morning. Do you have expert knowledge of the times? They had expert knowledge of the times, and because of it, they knew what was best for Israel to do, and all the brothers were under their orders. That's a powerful verse, folks. If you have a knowledge of the times, you'll have influence, and you'll help other people know what to do and when to do it. Take, for example, the ebb and flow just of the real estate market in our city. Isn't there a rhythm to that market? There's times to buy. There's times to sell. There's a rhythm there. If you can get in the rhythm of buying and selling real estate in British Columbia, you can make a lot of money. But if you're out of the rhythm, it's very frustrating. But you could pray and say, God, give me wisdom for the times. What's coming up? What are the seasons? What season are we in? Smart business people understand the seasons. They can see what's coming. Ah, that's what's coming. Interest rates are going up, so I will act accordingly. I will make my decisions accordingly. They, they understand the ebb and flow, the rhythm of life. Living by rhythm. Next verse here, Psalm 90, verse 12. This is a prayer. Teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow in wisdom. Right now you're living in the dash. You know your birthday. You don't know when you're going to die. So you're living in this little period called the dash. And in this period of the dash, we need to understand what is my season? What season am I in? Where am I in the ebb and flow of my life? What is, where, is, where am I in this rhythm of life right now? And give me wisdom to act accordingly. 
The good thing about this wisdom is that you don't have to have a university degree. You don't have to have a PhD. This is available for absolutely everybody, this kind of wisdom, to understand the times and to know how to act accordingly where you are right now today in life. So if we're going to pray, it's a good prayer to pray. Say, God, it's the year 2010. I'm this age. This is my life. Teach me the times. Teach me the season. Teach me. Enable me to get in your flow, in your rhythm, that my life can be in sync with you. It's, it's the best life. I think that's where the abundant life is found, is when you're in sync. You're in rhythm with God. If God created the universe, put the stars in motion, put the planets in motion, the moon that takes the tide in and out every day, if he put that all in motion, we're created in his image, wouldn't it make sense that if I sync up with him, I can get into his rhythm and I can get a stride in my life instead of being helter-skelter, there can be a rhythm in my life and I can actually enjoy life instead of enduring life. No matter who I am, where I am, God is there. And I can enjoy life when I get in rhythm with him. Sometimes it takes a little while to get in rhythm. If I had a a string here and on the end of it was a a weight and I would swing it. How many know the first couple of patterns back and forth that may wobble a bit? But after a while, doesn't it just kind of harmonize with gravity? With the rhythm of the earth? And pretty soon it's a fluid motion. And if you say to God, God, I want to get in harmony with you, you may wobble a little bit, but after a while, as you are in harmony with the Lord, your life becomes smooth. Sounds simple. I think it's a lot about saying, Lord, I submit to you. I give my life over to you, and I want to get in flow with you. Are you here by accident this morning? Don't think so. The season of your life right now, is God surprised? Don't think so. I think he's fully aware where you are. It's just a matter of getting in sync with him. The book of Jeremiah has got one of my favorite verses. Jeremiah 29, 11. Does anybody remember that verse? It talks about God's got a hope for us, his future. He's been thinking about us. It's a great verse. It won't take time to read this morning, but... In your devotions this week, read all of that letter, especially starting from verse 1 to verse 13. It's a letter written by Jeremiah to the Jews taken captive into Babylon. They're refugees. They're living in the Babylonian ghetto. And uh, their city, Jerusalem, the temple's been burnt. They used to always worship God there at that temple. And... They've been taken prisoners. The people that got taken to Babylon, they were the, the smartest of the, of, the, of the country, the doctors, the lawyers, the smart young people, university students, chief elders, politicians. They all got taken to Babylon. And they're, they're living as refugees in this city. They're living in the ghettos. It's as hard as it could be. What do they want to do? They want to go back to their hometown as fast as they can. Wouldn't that make sense? But God says to them, I want you to plant gardens. I want you to build homes. And I want you to worship me because you're going to find me there in that city. And then I want you to pray for the city. I want you to engage in the city. I want you to help make that city prosper because when the city prospers, you'll prosper. 
That, that sounds absurd. If you're, you say, no, no, you don't understand it, God. You want to pray. These are my enemies, God. These are the ones that took me captive here. I'm living in a ghetto. This is a terrible life. Why would I want to stay here and die here? I don't want to be here. I want to be home. And God's saying to them, why don't you just get in rhythm with me? I'm there. No matter how hard your case is, you watch. If you'll just get in flow with me, engage in the world that you're in, you'll find that you'll prosper as captives in that city. If he can say that to captives taken from Jerusalem to Babylon, how much more he could say to us who love our city that we could get in harmony with God in our city. God's already in our city. He's here. We can get in harmony with him. He wanted that city to prosper. Why did he want that city to prosper? It wasn't in Jerusalem. It wasn't in Israel. Why did he want Babylon to prosper? Because if the city prospered, his people would prosper. If his people prosper, they can do something about the poverty. They can do something about the hurt. They can make a difference in the city. He was saying to them, get in harmony, even though you're in Babylon, even though you don't like your situation, get in harmony with me. Get in my rhythm and see what happens. Then you'll know that I have good thoughts and good plans for you. But the key is, get in rhythm with me. Ah, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We have to go there. Ecclesiastes 3. This is Solomon writing this. Smart guy, smart dude. Hey, here's a little bit of trivia for you. This, the lyrics, or the, the, the words to this passage became the lyrics of a song that today holds a record for being the number one pop song in the world with the oldest lyrics. Because in 1965, it was written before that, but in 1965, a group by the name The Birds introduced a song called Turn, Turn, Turn. And they were using the oldest lyrics possible, really, for the number one song. And uh, today, if you, if you, some of you can remember that song. All it is are, it's just the words to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So, it's there in your notes. Let's read it out loud together, these words from Solomon about the seasons of life. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to rebuild, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak up. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and time for peace. Solomon's challenging us here. Live full blast in every season of life that you're in. Whatever it is. Now, there's two types of time. The Greeks had this figured out, and they explained it to us. One is chronos time, and the other is kairos time. I've given you some differences between the two there. Chronos is measured time. Kairos is experience time. Most of what Solomon is talking about here is kairos time. But there's, first of all, chronos time. Chronos time is day by day, week by week, hour by hour. It's cyclical. It's measurable. You... you, you that most of us live on Kronos time. We're very aware of Kronos time. We've got to show up for work at 8 o'clock. I'm finished at 5 o'clock. The Canucks play at 5 o'clock and they win 5-1. Yay. And so we're aware of Kronos time. We, you know, we, that's how we know how many minutes there are in the period and so forth. We live, most of our life is patterned around Kronos time. We, we're in that element. 
But God is pretty well in Kairos time. He created Kronos time, but Kairos time is experiential. Kairos time is now. Kronos is past, present, future, whereas Kairos is now. How do you divide now? Now is indivisible. You can't divide now. You can divide Kronos time into units of minute, hour, week, month, and so forth, but Kairos is now. God is in the now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. God's in the now. Past, present, future, all one. He's Kairos. And at certain times in history, Kairos intersects Kronos, and God shows up. In the fullness of time, in the fullness of Kairos, Jesus came. So there's times when you study the scriptures, it was Kairos is used because God kind of intersects our Kronos time, and he's, he's there. He, he does that in your life. God just kind of intersects your life, and he shows up, and God's like, he doesn't check first and say, doesn't text you and say, hey, next week I'm going to be talking to you. Can you set some time aside for me? God just shows up, right? All of a sudden, there he is. He doesn't have to call for appointment. He doesn't have to check with your secretary. He doesn't have to email you. He, doesn't, he, just, he just shows up because he's now. He's Kairos. There's a difference between Kronos Kairos. Kairos is more experiential. You can say, man, we had a good time. You're not talking about a unit of time. You're talking about an experience, right? A guy, he calls up his, this date, and uh, they're going on the first date. Let's say his name's Johnny and her name's Mary. And he calls up Mary. Mary, uh, you want to go on a date tonight? And she goes, yeah. Said, well, let's go down to this restaurant. And so he picks her up. They go to the restaurant and they, they sit down. And, and he, he thinks she's just drop dead gorgeous. And, and, and she's thinking, man, what a, what a great guy. And they sit down and they, they order a salad and they order their, their meal. And then they order dessert and they have coffee and they have dessert. And the whole night gets dragged on and they're just not dragged on. It goes by so fast because they're just, they're so connecting. It's like, man, oh, you like this, you like that. And, and they're just, they find themselves just so engaged for the next three hours. And after three hours of being on this date, the waiter comes by and says, you know what, folks, I hate to tell you this, but we're closing up now, and uh, you're going to have to go. The restaurant's empty, but they're still so engaged. And they, they look at their watches and say, man, we've been here for three hours. Time flew by. The next day, Johnny gets up. He goes back to school. He's studying calculus at university. And he goes into He's got a three-hour class on calculus where the professor is giving them a detailed lecture on the theories behind calculus. So he comes into class, and he, he sits down. Fifteen minutes goes by. Half an hour goes by. One hour, hour and a half. He starts counting down the minutes. Can't wait to get out of there. Now, the chronos is the exact same thing. One period flew by, and another dragged by. What's the difference? Kairos versus chronos. So the Bible encourages us to pray to understand time understand seasons to understand where we're at to get in the flow with god chronos is quantity of time kairos is quality chronos is cyclical kairos is more linear transgress it it it, it progress it uh, progresses chronos is more oscillating chronos is predictable kairos is and can be unpredictable But you will have seasons of time in your life that you don't get to predict. You get a phone call. Uh, 
Dave, are you, are you sitting down? Yeah, why? Well, your, your father's passed away. That's not predictable, often. Sometimes you get a little bit of notice, a loved one dies. But now, when a loved one dies, you're in a season. Like it or not, we go through seasons of grieving, right? To a greater degree or lesser degree, we all will have seasons of grieving in our life. They're not predictable, but they come. And in that time, in that season, God wants us to walk through that season. You can't, for example, grieving, you can't, you can't say, I don't want to grieve. You can say, no, no, I, I choose not to grieve. I'm just going to, I'm more than an overcomer. You can't, you can't do it. You will grieve. You will go through the emotions. You will go through the season of grieving. So what do I do in that season? You get in rhythm with God. Say, God, I am the season. Teach me your ways. How do I walk through this? Can I actually enjoy grieving? I think you get closer to God. I think you get closer to your family members. I think you could have a deeper appreciation for life. I think in that season, there are rich things to be realized that you don't want to miss in that season. You have seasons when children get married. You have seasons when children come into this world. You have seasons of graduation. You go through these seasons, those kairos seasons of our life that we want to get in rhythm with him. Urbanites, we have a challenge because we, we tend not to see life as a rhythm. We tend to see it as, you know, I just got to be going and doing. We're thinking about what's yet to come. And we're, we're, we just, instead of just kind of getting in sync with the rhythms of life. The Lord talked about this in Matthew chapter 6. And we'll read from verse 25 to 34. So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Can I read that one more time? Is that okay? Can we just go back and kind of hammer that point home? This is Jesus talking to us. And he's saying here, I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. If he said don't worry, I guess we're not supposed to worry, right? I I guess it would be then a sin to worry because we're not casting our cares upon him. And we're trying to do everything ourselves. So don't worry whether you have enough food, drink, and clothes. Doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. Birds are in rhythm. Watch geese. They're in rhythm. Birds plant nests. Birds migrate. Birds have this pattern. He says, consider them. I think Jesus is challenging us to look at the rhythm of what's around us. Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because your heavenly father feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? One translation says, has all your worrying ever put another hour on your clock? I don't think so. So he says, "Uh, of course not. Then, and why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. Look at the flowers, another translation says. One day I'm driving to work and I'm praying up a storm. Man, I've got a lot of worries, and I'm just, I'm, I mean, I, I am praying in all manner of prayer. I am going to cover every base. I am praying in the name of Jesus, and I'm praying in the Spirit, and I am praying, quoting the Word, and I am just, I am just, I'm trying to work my way through by prayer. It was just like, I'm just going to do this, and I'm, and there's a place for fervent intercessory prayer. Don't get me wrong, but I, for me, it had become almost like, 
I had to do this and I was just going to do it by praying harder and harder and harder and I'm praying along and then gripping the steering wheel and I hear God speak to me through all the chatter. Um, Look at the flowers. And I'm like, what? Look at the flowers. I said, whatever. So I keep praying and praying (laughs) and then I hear again, look at the flowers. I'm like, look at the flowers. And I think, oh, you know, that might be the Lord. So I say, yes, Lord, flowers, you created them. Okay, Lord, you're wonderful. You're a wonderful creator. I worship you. I bless you. Yes, Lord. Amen. I enter your presence with thanksgiving. Now, here's my needs again. And then I go along further. It's like, look at the flowers. I said, yes, the flowers, Lord. They're, I remember what you said. They're here today. They're gone tomorrow. They were more beautiful than... Uh, all of Solomon and uh, all that he had. So yes, the flowers. And I go back to my prayers and it's like, look at the flowers. I go, you mean you actually want me to look at the flowers? Yes, look at the flowers. So I'm driving my car. I stop the car. I get out. I said, okay, where are the flowers? And I walk down the street and I find some flowers. So I said, okay, I'll sit down. I sat down and I looked at the flowers. I'm sure the neighbors thought I was crazy, but I sat down. I said, okay, I'm going to look at the flowers. So I watched the flowers. And for more than anything, it was for me to stop and just get in rhythm with him. I was so much trying to do it on my own instead of just saying, okay, let me get in rhythm with you, Lord. And you know that 10-minute break by the road, looking at flowers, calming my heart, getting in a pattern with him was all the difference. Look at the flowers, he said. They don't work, make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully about them, uh, why wouldn't he care for you, you little faith? Let's finish this up. So don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly father already knows all your needs and he'll give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Get in rhythm. Today is enough. Take care of today. Tomorrow will come. Enjoy life. Live in rhythm with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to download free notes from this message or find out more information about Pastor Dave Coop, then we invite you to visit our website at www.coastalchurch.org.